podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. What's good, boys and girls? Two-footed podcast, August the 18th. It's a Wednesday. We are back. Brought to you by EPLindex.com and our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider, a virtual privacy network. Allows you to go online, change your location, access anything you might be geo-blocked from. Also keeps your data safe, so do check out LibertyShield.com and use the code EPLVPN to get 20% off at checkout. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft a giftware and homework company located in Scotland, but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk. And finally, do remember to check out the EPL Index and Anfield Index shops over on Etsy, or you can just search the websites. If you Google EPL Index shop or Anfield Index shop, they'll bring up the uh, the physical shops, but you can check them out on Etsy if that is easier for you. Right, folks, it is Wednesday. Um, I have been once again banned from Twitter. I set up a new account and within, I would say, about an hour of actually using it, it was suspended again. I have appealed it again. I don't expect to hear anything back from Twitter, as is their way. So I, I'm very close to sacking the whole thing off. Um, doesn't really matter either way. But, you know, it's nice to have the account, at least be able to tell people, you know, what's wrong with them and where they're going wrong with things. But it, Twitter don't seem to want my business. Um, not to worry, we have a quick show today. There's not a whole bunch to talk about. Uh, Mitchie Batshuayi has completed a loan deal uh, heading for Turkey. He has signed a one-year extension with Chelsea and then moved to Besiktas on a one-year loan. Why Chelsea insist on stringing this out and making him sign a one-year extension i don't know he would have been out of contract next summer they're not going to get a fraction of what they paid from back but maybe the hope is he does really well at besiktas and besiktas will give them seven to ten million next summer and they can call that a win um arnaut danjuma is also leaving the english shores he is heading for Villarreal. uh 20 million fee to bournemouth it's a good fee for bournemouth as a championship club, and it will help them because they are in a precarious financial position. They're owned by a very wealthy man, but they are a championship club now. And they do have a Premier League budget at this point. Like They overspent quite a bit when they were in the Premier League. Danjuma arrived for $13.7 million. So they do make a profit on him, which is good considering he was really poor in his Premier League season with them. He was really good in his championship season. It's a gamble by Villarreal, and hopefully it works out for them. At 24, he's still got years and years of development ahead. They're building quite a good team there, quite an exciting team. Obviously won the Europa League last year, defeating Manchester United in the final, and they're looking to continue on their upward trajectory. So best of luck to him, best of luck to Michi as both leave these shores or those shores, I'm not on those shores, and head off for places more exotic. Um, the Athletic have put together, oh, I should say, there is a breaking news for Arsenal came out last night. 
Arsenal are close to agreeing a permanent deal for Real Madrid's Martin Odegaard. So yesterday I did say, if Odegaard is to leave Real Madrid, it will be a permanent move. They will not loan him again. Now, this may turn out to be a loan with an obligation to buy in 12 months if Arsenal need to do a bit of budget shifting. But Odegaard was there last year. I thought he performed quite well for them. I think as a permanent signing, it makes a lot of sense. I would rather have him than James Madison when you factor in the cost that would be involved. Madison would have cost Arsenal somewhere in the region of £70 million. They're going to get Martin Odegaard for about half that. So that's a massive factor. Madison's a tremendous player, but he's not twice the player that Odegaard is. He's also over two years older. I think he would have expectations of far higher wages. So the overall cost to Arsenal on Madison just would have been astronomical. I think Odegaard is a clever signing. They know him. They've had him there. He knows the club, knows the training ground, knows his teammates. It just makes all the sense to me. I think this is a rare example of Arsenal doing something smart, this transfer window. Now, I like the signing of Nuno. I like the signing of Lekonga. But Nuno's a backup left-back. Lekonga is a long-term project in midfield. The signing of Ben White, I mean, I don't need to go over it again. They drastically overpaid for Ben White. But Odegaard at, 20, at, at £35 million is is a, a very fair fee. Last summer and in January, Real were quoting £45 to £50 million. Pounds. If this is €35 million, Euro, that's a really good price for them. We know he can play with Smith-Rowe. He linked well with Saka last season. He's got a bit of versatility, can play as a 10, can play wide off the right. If you wanted to play 4-3-3, I think he could work as a number 8. He is a hard-working player. Now, defensively, he has lapses, and that's understandable. He's only 22, though, so you've got plenty of time to develop him. But if he maxes his talent, he could be a £100 million player. That's how gifted he is. He's been highly sought after for years. He made a mistake going to Real Madrid when he did. He was only 16, 17 going to Real. He wasn't ready for that level of move. But his loans have all gone well. He was good for Herenveen. He was really good for Vietas Arnhem. He was outstanding for Real Sociedad. And he was good for Arsenal. He's shown in three different leagues that he can play at a high level. Real have never given him a real opportunity. He's only played 11 games for them in all competitions. Nine of them came in the first half of last season before they loaned him out to, to Arsenal. So I think this will be Arsenal's gain, Real's loss. I like the move for them. I think it's a good move. A Good bargain. But unfortunately for Arsenal, because they're Arsenal, and because Edu doesn't really seem to know what he's doing, they're also about to buy Aaron Ramsdale. Uh, Rumoured to be a fee somewhere in the region of the same type of money, somewhere in that £30 million range. Uh, they have bowed to Sheffield, Sheffield United's demands. Now, maybe the initial upfront fee will be a little bit lower than that. Maybe they'll get him for around 25 plus add-ons. But he's the worst keeper in the league the last two years. Like, I don't know 
how much of a sample size they need to see that this guy is not a particularly good goalkeeper at this point. Maybe he'll become one. But at Arsenal, who's improved at Arsenal as a goalkeeper? Like Bernard Leno certainly hasn't improved. He's a worse keeper now than he was when he arrived. We saw what happened with Chesney. He went on to become a good goalkeeper after he left. I said before, the only goalkeeper they've had in the last 35 years that's actually improved after joining the club is David Seaman. Everyone else has gone there and gotten worse. They can't afford for Ramsdale to get worse. Now, the line at the moment is that Ramsdale will join as the backup goalkeeper, that Leno's going to stay a year. My assumption on that is that there's no market for Leno. They thought they'd be able to sell him, and no market appeared for him. Obviously, COVID has a, a big impact on that, because a lot of German clubs haven't spent money this summer, and what money they have spent, it's been minimal amounts. I think they thought... Borussia Dortmund would have interest because obviously they were in the market for a new goalkeeper, but they bought Gregor Koppel from Stuttgart. Uh, they paid, I think, around 15 million euro for him. He's only 23. He's a, he's a young goalkeeper, huge talent. I think it's a great signing for Dortmund. That kind of signing would have made more sense for Arsenal than Aaron Ramsdale. But I think that was one of the clubs that they eyed up for uh, for Leno to potentially go to this summer. And it just, the move wasn't there. You know, and you look up and down, Armenia Belfield won't have that money. Augsburg won't have that money. I don't know that he's an upgrade on Hradecki at Leverkusen, so they might not have had interest in him. Bayern wouldn't have interest because they've got uh, Nauer, they've loaned out Nubel. Bochum wouldn't have the money. Gladbach already have Jan Sommer. Frankfurt have Kevin Trapp. Freiburg, Grutherford, they don't have that kind of money. Hertha Berlin maybe would have the money. Maybe. And they could probably do it an upgrade at the goalkeeper position. But would that be a move that would interest Leno? They're a bottom half team. Hoffenheim wouldn't spend that type of money. Cologne have Timo Horn. Leipzig just signed Galaxy to a new deal. That could have been a club. I think Leno's better than Galaxy, but they just gave Galaxy a new long-term contract. Mines wouldn't be spending that money. Stuttgart, it's the same guy that signed him. It's Sven Mislintat. He signed Leno for Arsenal. He's now at Stuttgart, but I think he might have learned his lesson once bit and twice shy. Um, Union Berlin wouldn't spend that money. And then Wolfsburg... You could argue they could do it a new keeper. Castiles is all right. I wouldn't be a huge fan of him, but he's done pretty well there. They do have Champions League money to play with this summer. Maybe they'd have been an option. Maybe. But they haven't spent big money this summer. They've been, they've not spent much of anything. Um, total, well, they've spent about $30 million. So not bad. But they've brought in five players for that. You know, it's not like they spent big money on anybody other than Bernau, the Belgian defender that they brought in from Cologne. And I think the idea with him was that he would replace Lacroix, but it looks like Lacroix will stay now. It may well be that there is a sale to come to balance things out, and maybe it is Maxence Lacroix. I, I've said before, I think Villa would be should be all over him. He'd be a 
perfect fit next to Esri Konza, replacing Tyron Mings. But he's also been linked heavily with a couple of other clubs. So maybe they w- they are holding out to get a good fee for him. But if they go with Lacroix and Bernal next year, that's going to be a hell of a pairing. Both young, both tall, commanding defenders, powerful, quick. I like that for Wolfsburg. Leno could have made sense for them, but they haven't spent money at, the, at that position this summer. So maybe it's not something they viewed as a need. So there was no real market for Leno if that's where he wanted to go, if he wanted to go back to Germany. Um, the club that I think Arsenal and Leno were maybe banking on, they went a different direction, signed Kobol. So, um, yeah, they're stuck with Leno. Next summer, he'll have less value because, again, he'll be a year older, he'll have a year left in his contract. Now, in Arsenal's world, that probably means they sign him to a new contract because that's what they do. Uh, at the moment, he's got two years left on his deal. So, next summer, he will be 30. He will have one year left. And he hasn't really impressed at Arsenal. What kind of fee they'll get, I don't know. They paid big money from 22, 23 million. They're not going to get that back. Next summer, they might be lucky to get 12. So, they may have to extend him just to protect his value. And that's obviously a double edged sword in itself because. They could end up stuck with him permanently. Maybe no one will come and buy him. And then you're going to lose all your investment and all the added contracts. It just doesn't really make sense. Arsenal are a very badly run, very badly run club. Um, the Athletic have done a thing today where they've gone through all 22 teams, all 20 teams, I should say, not 22, all 20 teams. And um, the, the journalists who cover them for the Athletic have given an opinion on what the club might need. Now, I was planning to do this today anyway, so I thought I'd go through their list and, and see if I agree with it. Uh, so for Arsenal, they have said that um, the the big needs, right back and a creative midfielder. They're about to address that creative midfielder with Odegaard. I don't know that that was necessarily a big need because you could have just kept Joe Willock and you could have gone Saka, Smith Rowe and Aubameyang or Pepe, Smith Rowe and Saka as the three behind the striker. And then you have Willock, Reese Nelson and Martinelli maybe as the backups. But they sold off Joe Willock. They're bringing in Odegaard. So they are addressing that role. They've upgraded it. There's no question Odegaard's a better player than than Willock. And that's good. It's not a huge outlay. You know, if it's 35 million euro, that's about 29, 30 million pounds. They got 24 million, I think, for Willock. So about 6 million for a sizable upgrade. I like that. They definitely need a right back. There's absolutely no doubt that they need a right back. Bellerin's not very good and he doesn't want to be there. So yeah, I think that's fair. I think they could also do it one more in midfield because they let Gwendozi go. I like Lekonga, but again, I think he's a long-term player. I don't think he's somebody for the now. Um, it doesn't look like Torreira has a future at the club for whatever reason. Um, his own want, perhaps. So he may leave. So I think another midfielder wouldn't be um, wouldn't be outside the realms of possibility, but it'll all come down to the finances. They did need a better goalkeeper. They're not going to get a better goalkeeper. They're actually going to get a worse goalkeeper. And, you know, the funny part is they sold a better goalkeeper last season in Emmy Martinez, who is much better than Aaron Ramsdale. And is also substantially better than than Leno. Um, 
Aston Villa, a defensive midfielder is what Greg Evans has put forward, a destroyer type of figure. Someone who can break up play and do the ugly bits in the middle of the park. Now, Douglas Louise is an excellent defensive midfielder. Um, but yeah, they could probably do it one more. Now, Marvinson and Campbell, I suppose, was meant to be that player for them. And it hasn't really worked. He's had some games where he's looked good, but he's very, very limited on the ball. So that's something they they may want to address. The biggest need for them is, is left side centre back. And to pretend otherwise is to ignore two years in the Premier League where Tyron Mings has been dreadful. So that's something they need to figure out. Um, Brentford. So Jay Harris is the reporter that covers them. And he said that in the 3-4-3 the three, three system, uh, an upgrade at right wing back would be ne- would be necessary. Now, obviously, Sergi Canos played there at the weekend and he scored against Arsenal, but... He's not a wing-back. He is a winger. He's a more advanced player. He came through, obviously, at the Liverpool Academy, and he was developed as a front-three type of player. Um, Doesn't have great defensive awareness. Doesn't have great defensive desire at times. But he is a good player, and I think he can be beneficial to the club in the front-three. But they do need an upgrade at right wing-back. I think that's absolutely fair. I also think they could do it another centre-back. I know they got Christopher Ayer from Celtic. But I think they could do it one more in the door. Um, maybe a left footer, just for a little bit of balance. I like the idea of maybe them going for a Jed Spence, who can play that right wing back role. Wouldn't cost a ton coming from Middlesbrough. Young player will have plenty of resale value, plenty of upside. I think Spence is a very underrated player who would benefit from playing um, in Thomas Frank's system. And he is a London kid, so you'd be bringing him back home. I think he'd be well up for that kind of move. Brighton and Hove Albion, the obvious need is a striker, and that's what Andy Naylor highlights. They do need a goal scorer, someone who can come in, lead the line, and put chances away. Um, He mentions like they do have Neil Mopé, but he's better off a striker. Trossard is more of a winger than a striker. Danny Welbeck is Danny Welbeck. He is what he is. Uh, Florian Andone's just had injury problems, but he's not that... He doesn't really lead the line. He's he's very similar to Mopley, plays best off a striker, as is Aaron Connolly. Andy Zakiri has no Premier League experience. Now, the one Andy Naylor mentions here is Darwin Nunes. We know they tried to buy him last summer. He had a disappointing season with Benfica, but apparently they're still interested, and... If Benfica don't get through in the Champions League, they play PSV Eindhoven, uh, maybe he will be available. Um, there are other options out there, but I think that's definitely a position of need for them. If they're going to play a back three, they definitely need to bring in a centre-back. If they're going to play with a flat four, they need a left-back. That's a big need for them. They need that anyway, regardless of three or four. But they'll get away with what they have at centre-back, I think, if they're going to play a flat-back four. Now, I'm not a big fan of Lamptey as a an out-and-out full-back. Definitely more of a wing-back. But you'll get by. You play Webster next to him, he's got enough pace to cover across. It'll be fine. But you probably want to go with a slightly more defensive left-back then, just for a little bit of balance. But Brighton do have needs they need to address. And, and the, the number nine is absolutely the biggest one. Burnley, 
uh, Andy J- Andy Jones is the reporter there. He has said that a wide player would be a big help. Now, obviously, we know Maxwell Cornett is potentially on his way there. Sorry, I've just hit my microphone. Maxwell Cornett's potentially on his way there. Um, they did try and sign Ashley Young and Mark Albrighton. Neither of them would have really moved the needle at all because they're both well into their 30s. They're not the players they were. But Cornette is a good player and he can add pace and a direct nature to the team. Um, I think they could do with a, a, a upgrade at right back, a better backup left back, but you'll get by with Peters for a year as long as Charlie Taylor stays relatively fit. They definitely need one more centre back in. They've got four, but I would say they've got three. They've got Tarkovsky, they've got me, and they've got Nathan Collins. Uh, I, I think they, they could do it adding one more. Um, and they could really do it a different type of option up front. Now, maybe Cornette can be that player as well. Can start wide, but can also play up front. So if they get him in, I think one more body at centre-back. Another body at centre-midfield wouldn't be a miss either. And a better right-back than what they currently have. Um, Simon Johnson, who covers Chelsea, says a defensive midfielder seems to be the big position of need now. Now, we know they've been in, interested in Jules Kunde, but there's no mention of a centre-back in this in this piece from um, from Johnson. He says Declan Rice and uh, Arlene Chimeni of Monaco are the two holding midfielders that have been of interest. So maybe a late bid will go in for one of them. Chimeni, for me, is a, is a star in the making. I think he's a tremendous player. I think he could play with any of the central midfield options that they have. Kovacic, Jorginho, Kante, or Mason Mount. So, yeah, that and a centre-back are, are the two needs for them. They've, they've got a number nine, and I didn't think it needed to be a position of maximum priority, but they went all in on Lukaku. He's obviously a tremendous player, and he will improve them. But yeah, they, they still need to sort out some of the spine. I'm not a huge fan of the goalkeeper, but he can certainly get by with him. Right, Matt Woosnan uh, for Crystal Palace says that obviously Michael Elise is due back in training soon, but the Palace could still do with an option down the right because you don't want to be relying on a 19-year-old who's new to the Premier League every game. I think they need cover on the left-hand side as well because obviously Eberichi Ezzi's out for foreseeable future. Um, I think Adam Ola-Luckman could fit perfectly there. Available on loan from Leipzig last season. Probably available on loan again this season. I know that Burnley looked at him. I think Mike, um, Adam Ola-Luckman would make a ton of sense there. Even as a long-term signing. Even if you bought him permanently. You were in for Adam Armstrong. There's clearly a bit of money there to spend. Luckman can play up front and in both wide positions. And again, I think they need one up front because... You know, Mateta's not a massive goal scorer. Zaha's not really a striker, but he's great off a striker. I think Josh Magic could fit. Again, he was on loan at Fulham last year. He's definitely available from Bordeaux. I think he'd be available cheap enough. Six, eight million. Get him on loan with an option to buy. I think that could work. And then they need a right back because Nathan Ferguson can't get fit. And Joel Ward just he's, he isn't very good. So go and find yourself a right back. Maybe Ola Aina. Go back to that Fulham well. You've already brought in Anderson. Aina would be cheap. Maju would be cheap. And maybe you get Luckman on loan and you buy him next summer. And they all fit your timeline. They're all exactly the types of players that will fit into how you want to play. I think that would work. I think that would be a clever end to what's been a good window so far for Crystal Palace. They could probably do one more in midfield as well, 
But let's not be too greedy. Everton, the big need is right back. Seamus Coleman isn't the player he was. John Joe Kenny doesn't seem to have the, the standard required at Premier League level. I think they could do it two wingers as well. If the plan is to play Richarlison off Calvert-Lewin, you're going to need good quality service from wide areas. Now, the issue for Everton is they don't seem to have the money. Uh, previous managers have been back to the hilt, but it seems that Rafa Benitez is not going to be. But I think Everton need at least two in, one winger and a right back. But ideally, you'd get three in, two wingers and a right back. And when I say wingers, I mean traditional wingers with really good delivery. A Dwight McNeil would be perfect. Right side is harder. There's not many out there. I'd go and knock on, on Celtic's door for David Turnbull. Great cross with the ball. Really good set piece to taker. If you've got him and a really good attacking right back who could overlap him, like a Max Ahrens, that would be ideal. They're not going to get those three players, but those three players are what Everton need to complete what would be a fairly good team. Moving on to Leeds. Uh, midfielder is definitely the biggest need. They could probably do it a backup for Bamford as well. Phil Hay says that centre midfield does seem to be the priority and that Lewis O'Brien is the main target in centre midfield. They don't seem to have a whole bunch of money to spend this summer. COVID's probably taken a bit of a toll. I'd like to see Lewis Cook from Bournemouth, former Leeds player. I think he'd be a great signing. I think he'd, he'd add a lot. But Lewis O'Brien's a solid player and and maybe he's someone they can develop into an every-game starter. Uh, Leicester City. So Rob Tanner reports that Brendan Rodgers has not finished spending yet after bringing in Yannick Vestergaard. So they bring in Vestergaard to join Bertrand, Sumare and Daka. And they still want a left-footed right winger. Now, for that role, I think David Brooks of Bournemouth would be a really good fit. Um, they've obviously brought in a couple of players over the years to fill that role. It was the Mares role, and they haven't been able to do it successfully. But the question is, where is the money coming from? Because they're already about 60 million into this summer. You would have assumed they would sell somebody, especially considering they operate well above their break-even point. Their wage bill is 120% of the revenue. Um, so despite people tagging them as a model club, they're vastly overspending their means. They really are vastly overspending their means. Um, if they give Rodgers the money to go and get that left-footed right winger, I think, and they don't sell anybody, I think the pressure on Rodgers this season will be really, really ramped up. I think they need to get top four this year if he's going to keep his job, especially if they're backing him this way. Now, if, look, if they sell Tielemans, um, it looks like Madison will now stay because Arsenal are going for Odegaard. It looks like Harvey Barnes will stay. Tielemans and Ndidi are the next two that would be, you know, big money sales. But I don't see anyone having the money for Ndidi. And I don't know what the market is for Yuri Tielemans this summer. Liverpool need two. James Pearce says that an, an attacker is arguably more pressing than a midfielder. I think it's about even. I think they need a starting midfielder to go with Thiago and Fabinho. And an attacker who can at least become a starter, have the potential to develop into that starter role, even if they don't walk in immediately having that level. They could probably, I mean, they, they, they could do it a fifth centre-back. They could do it a backup right-back. They could do it a better backup keeper. 
But those two are the big needs. Goal, um, an attacker and a midfielder. They're the big needs for Liverpool this summer. For Manchester City, Sam Lee says that obviously fans want a left back. And he says that Zinchenko is a perfectly good option there. The truth is he's not. He's not a left back at all. He's a midfield player. He does a job at left back, but he's not happy there. He's not good there. He's okay. And when he plays against top-level teams, he gets exposed. Mendy has been a massive flop. Injuries, maybe not the most aware player defensively. Doesn't seem all that coachable either. Doesn't seem really open to to the idea of development. Um, Incredible athlete, but maybe not the most... They're not the most switched-on footballer, is what I'll say. Uh, he also mentions the need for a holding midfield player. They obviously got Rodri. What they need is a ball winner who'll replace Fernandinho because Fernandinho is past his best at this point. At this point, he's in the squad for leadership more than anything else. Um, City will always find money. The other thing that they want is a striker. Harry Kane is the one they want. It will be interesting to see what lies Pep comes up with if they spend $150 million. Uh, maybe he'll argue that they sold some 15th choice goalkeeper for $73 million, uh, when in truth it was 100000 But, you know, we'll wait and see. Uh, Manchester United, they need a holding midfielder and a different option at right back. They're the two most pressing things you'd look for. Um, Karl Anka says holding midfield definitely seems to be the one that they want. However, money doesn't seem to be uh, available for it. Ollie wants to move from the 4-2-3-1 to more of a 4-3-3. So that'd be Bruno and Pogba as number eight. So you, you want an animal at, at holding midfield. Someone that will run and run and run for days, win the ball back endlessly. Ndidi's probably the best in the league at that, but I don't see them having the 70 million. Ndidi is quality. He is a top-class holding midfield player. I don't see them having the money for him. We know Kieran Trippier is the right back they want. I think they could do better. I think Max Ahrens would be better. Um, I think he'd be a much better fit. If they go 4-3-3, then I'm assuming we're looking at Sancho on the right, Rashford on the left, and ideally Greenwood develops through the middle, but Cavani in the short term. Um, It's a lot of attacking players not a lot of balance, even with a, a really good holding midfield player. It might just be a little bit too much, and you might lack real natural width. But we'll wait and see. Um, for Newcastle, apparently, it is a centre-back and holding midfielder that Steve Bruce wants to strengthen. I would say centre-back for sure. They don't really... Other than Lachelle's, who's who's definitely regressed in the last couple of years, injuries have just slowed him down. I don't really see a, a high-end centre-back there. So they could do with a centre-back. I don't think they need a holding midfielder. I really don't. Now, they've been linked with Hamza Chowdhury, but I, I don't think they need that kind of player. I think in the two long staffs, Shelby and Hayden, you're fine in centre midfield. You've got the bodies there. You don't need another one. You need an attacker. You need a forward player, a goal scorer, someone to play with Wilson. We'll look in behind and then say Hayden and Shelby in centre midfield. Um, now, if Bruce plays a back five, then that changes things. Maybe 
maybe Willock has to play in midfield, and then maybe you've only got room for St. Maximum and um, and Wilson. But I think they need a third forward to go with St. Maximum and, and Wilson. I, I really do. Uh, for Norwich, according to Michael Bailey, a full-back who can defend either flank, a fifth centre-back, and a ball winner in midfield. Hamza Chowdhury, like I just mentioned, he'd be ideal there. He would fit really well there. Yeah, fullback, a bit of fullback depth, no, no doubt, behind Aaron's and Giannolis. A fifth centre back option, I, I would say you, you really want a first centre back option. Uh, Gibson's okay, Hanley's okay, but they're championship players. They, they haven't shown they can play in the Premier League. So yeah, I do think a centre back. I also think they need a goal scorer. I mentioned Josh Madger for Palace. I, I think he's another one that Norwich could look at. Maybe bring him in on loan. You get low risk then, but. I think Norwich need more goals because Pookie is limited and Sargent's not a goal scorer. So I don't know where the goals would come from. Dan Sheldon says that Ralph Hassenhutl at Southampton likes to have two players for every position. And as it stands, there are only three centre-backs in his squad. So following the sale of Vestergaard, a centre-back is a position of need. Yeah, that's there's absolutely no doubt they need a fourth centre back, but it is it is a fourth centre back or maybe a third centre back with Stevens as the fourth, Bednarak and Salisu to be the starters. They need a backup left back as well because then you have one. Now they have a youngster there, but he, I don't know if he'd be ready or not. They're fine at right back because they got Livermento in to go Walker Peters. They've got a bunch of keepers, but they don't really have a starting caliber keeper. Uh, McCarthy and Foster will be great backups, but I don't think they're starters in the league. But that's what they're stuck with. They need a fourth midfielder because they've only got three. And I think they need one up front. I think they need one between the lines, but you don't want to be too greedy. So get one up front, one in midfield and a centre-back. If you can get a left-footed centre-back who can be also cover at left-back, that would work. Ben Davies might have been a decent signing for them on loan from Liverpool. But uh, he's obviously gone to Sheffield United now. Uh Charlie Eccleshare, the Tottenham reporter, has fallen into the trap of judging things on one game. So he said that a centre-back partner for Christian Romero has been suggested as a necessity, but Eric Dyer and Davinson Sanchez suggested on Sunday that that Spurs may be able to find an internal solution. Both of them have been really poor for three years in Sanchez's case and four years in Dyer's case. Ever since... Uh, Spurs turned down 40 million for you from United for Eric Dyer. He has been really poor, really, really poor. And you'd struggle to get 15 million from now. Uh, Davinson Sanchez arrived at a whole ton of hype in 2017, the same summer that that Dyer bid came in and just didn't develop. Now, I think part of that was he got stuck behind Toby Alderweireld and he wasn't really comfortable playing a back three different things. And he's obviously been partnered by utter dross for a lot of the time he's been there. but. He hasn't developed. Now, maybe Romero and Sanchez can form a partnership, but Eric Dyer, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, so Watford. Watford want another midfielder to bolster their options with Will Hughes and Nathaniel Chalaba potentially on the way out as they both have less than a year left in the contracts. Again, for Norwich, who want a holding midfielder, maybe Nathaniel Chalaba could be an option. Um, a midfielder wouldn't be a bad addition. They definitely need a centre-back, and he mentions that as well, Adam Leventhal. Uh, definitely need a centre-back. There's major issues at centre-back for that club. I would suggest they also need a better goalkeeper, um, or even a young goalkeeper, just someone that you can bring in and develop. 
But um, yeah, mid midfield and centre back certainly the two areas where they could do it with some additions. Maybe they're good. They're pretty good in attack. Pretty good numbers. Yeah, no centre back in midfield do them. Uh, West Ham. So Roshane Thompson is the reporter there, and he said a centre back is the priority. They're still hopeful of signing Kurt Zuma. I don't think they'll get him. And talks broke down over Nikola Milenkovic. The centre-back is definitely a position of need. I think they need a left-back, either a starter or a backup to Cresswell. I don't care which, but get a left-back in. Because Masawak is not a left-back. You addressed your goalkeeper. Uh, you could maybe do with another right-back, a depth option. But you probably get by with what you have. Definitely need depth in midfield. Rice and Suchek are excellent, but there's nobody behind them. Um, so, you know, they were linked with Alex Kral, who's Suchek's uh, Czech international teammate. He'd make a lot of sense, but I think they could do, definitely do it someone in there. They definitely need a backup to Mikel Antonio. We've seen that for the last few years. If he gets hurt, they're in, they're in a bad way. So, you know, Divock Origi, maybe, stylistically similar enough. Maybe you can get him motivated and get the best out of him. You could do it one between the lines, but you don't want to be too greedy. Get a centre-back, a centre-midfielder and a striker. If you have to patch together the three behind the one after Ben Rama, Fernals and, and Bowen, you'll be fine. You still have Lanzini, I think. You still have Yarmolenko. You should be all right. Is Lanzini still there? I think he is. Yes, he is. So Lanzini and Yarmolenko will be fine for now. Uh, you could do it one, but if you don't get it, it's not the end of the world. And you could do it a left back, but if you don't get it, again, Masawak is not a left back, but if you need to put him there for a couple of games, as long as Cresswell stays fit, you'll be okay. And then Wolves. Um, the two positions Wolves need to strengthen are the same positions they've wanted to address all summer, but have so far failed to do so, says Tim Spears. Those positions are defensive-minded, aggressive player to play with Neves, and a centre-back. Now, I would argue they need two centre-backs, but one would certainly be a good starting position. Um, they could do it one more on attack as well, with, with Neto out injured, but it looks like they might be about to address that with uh, Gonzalo Guedes from Valencia, who's a talented player. Um, if if they're going to buy a holding midfield player to go with Neves, then, then Donker could become one of your centre-backs, and he's played really well there in the past. So maybe you buy one to go with him. Uh, who they would get, I don't know. Diogo Lete, maybe from Porto, could be an option. Continue the Portuguese trend. But um, a ball-winning midfielder wouldn't be a bad fit. That's absol- absolutely for sure. A ball-winning midfielder next to Neves would be really good. He's not defensive-minded, but if he wasn't injured, Renato Sanchez would be perfect for them. Those two have great chemistry from playing together for Portugal through the underage teams and the senior team. But someone a bit more defensive-minded maybe would give them more balance and obviously protect that centre-back issue, which has been their downfall the last couple of years. Uh, That's it then. That is all 20 teams. So what we'll do is we'll wrap up with the gossip and get out of here today. Manchester City insists Tottenham and England striker Harry Kane remains the top target despite interest in Cristiano. They're not signing Cristiano. We can throw that one in the bin. Kane has told Tottenham chairman Daniel Levy that he is failing to stick to an arranged deal 
that would see him move to City for 125 million. Um, what do you, is this? This gentleman's agreement. Well, if it's not on paper, Mr. Kane, if there's no witnesses, I'm sorry, you're out of luck. The England captain is said to be furious with Levy, but sources insist Kane will continue to give everything to Spurs. Well, he hasn't been given everything because he went on strike. After missing training and their win over City, Kane will travel, uh, will play for Spurs in the Europa Conference League tie with Portuguese side Pacos de Ferreira on Thursday. Now, news has come out this morning that he hasn't travelled. So whether that's something the club are happy with, whether that's him refusing to go, we don't know. But whether it's you know signed that City are ramping up their interest, who knows? Wolves are in talks with Olympiacos to sign Ruben Semedo. I I doubt they are. Ruben Semedo is a lunatic. Ruben Semedo got a five-year suspended prison sentence last year um, for armed robbery, and he's just, he's a nut job. Like he's an absolute lunatic. He was linked with Liverpool in January, yet could dismiss it. Then I really don't think Wolves will sign Ruben Semedo. I'd be stunned if they do. Uh, and if they are, and, and they have to play in Spain at any point, he's not allowed into the country. Um, he's banned from visiting Spain for eight years. A, a psychopath. Um, Arsenal have resumed talks with Sheffield United over Aaron Ramsdale. That's fine. Slavisa Jakanovic has admitted Arsenal want, uh, Ramsdale wants to join Arsenal, which is understandable. It's a big, big step up. Uh, Liverpool's hopes of signing Ishmael Assar have been boosted after the 23-year-old told Watford he wants to leave. I doubt he did. No reputable journalist has reported this, so he popped that one in the bin. Newcastle have inquired about Wales defender Ethan Ampadu on loan from Chelsea. They do need a centre-back. They need a left-footed centre-back to ideally, but he would help. He would help for sure. Paris Saint-Germain have not ruled out last-minute moves for Paul Pogba and Eduardo Camavinga. Uh, they've already flagrantly broken FFP. Not that it really exists, but you know we pretend that it does. I think they might try and buy one of them to avoid the, uh, the chance that Real Madrid sign both on free transfers next year. Because Real's plan does seem to be... Pogba, Camavinga, and Mbappe on freeze, and Haaland via his buyout clause. Uh, PSG have no intention of selling Mbappe to Real this summer. They're just happy to lose him on a free. It's bizarre. Tottenham are considering a move for Kurt Zuma. Uh, No. Let me give you some free advice. Do not sign Kurt Zuma. Uh, You did really well to get Romero. If you can't get the ideal partner from this year, wait. Just wait. Atletico Madrid have told Kieran Trippery is not for sale. They've been telling him he's not for sale all summer and then leaking out what price they want for him. So, you know, Martin Odegaard's move to Arsenal is moving close, so that's fine. Wolves are preparing to offer £21 million for Valencia winger Gonzalo Guedes. I, I think he'd be a good signing. Can play up front, can play wide. That one works. Newcastle boss Steve Bruce wants Hamza Chowdhury in loan. I think that's pointless. I don't think it's a good move for Chowdhury either. Norwich would be a better move. Everton playmaker Hamas Rodriguez has denied seeking a move to Atletico Madrid after the Colombian international's tweet was interpreted as a hint to the Liga champions. Diego Simeone would, would ruin him within about 
15 minutes of getting hold of him. Like it wouldn't even it wouldn't even be funny what he'd do to him. What tweet is it though? His last tweet translates to never stop believing. That was sent yesterday. And before that it was July twenty sixth. So I'm not sure how never stop believing would suggest that he's trying to force a move to Atletico Madrid. But Simeone would murder him. It wouldn't even be funny. Watford are close to agreeing a fee for Torino's Brazilian defender, Lianco. Um Not a big fan. He's decent. He is decent. And look, he, he fills a need for them. So, yeah, you'd absolutely have to say if they're going out and getting players that fill needs for them, you have to give them a little bit of credit. He's better than Bremer, who's the other centre-back there. But they could do a little bit better, maybe. But for seven and a half million, that's that's really good value. To be fair, it is really good value. Uh, Manchester United midfielder Andreas Pereira may be nearing an Old Trafford exit with reports of move to Flamengo uh, following the Brazilians' many many loan spells. He's such a talented player. United have ruined um, his career, though. Like he he'll go on and have a good career. He'll do well if he goes to Brazil. Uh, he did well with, with Granada. He did okay with Valencia. Not tremendous. Um, and he was all right with Lazio. But he, he should have been so much more. When United stole him from PSV Eindhoven, he was like the biggest talent going at the time. And they, they just didn't develop him properly at all. Like, he got a Premier League game in 2014-15. And four of them the following year. Then he spent two years on loan. It was 18, 19. They finally gave him a real chance. He was 22, pushing 23. Didn't have enough game time under his belt. United just didn't develop him well. It's a shame. But I hope he goes on and has a really good career somewhere. Because, like I say, when he was young, when he was 16, 17, he was so highly rated. He's a little wizard with the ball. So it'd be nice to see him move on somewhere. Uh, that's it then. That is the show for today. Thank you, as always, for listening. Thank you to Mr. Guy Drinkle. And thank you to Fox Hunt for our title music. We'll be back tomorrow. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.